Another day goes by, and another day goes by without a Jeremy Grant trade. We'll talk about some of the updates on his situation on today's episode. We'll also talk a little bit about Keelan Hayes and some of the things that were said about, and some of the things I saw that was interesting today about Keelan Hayes. And we'll also talk about the Pistons' big man rotation. And actually, we won't spend a lot of that time talking about Isaiah Stewart and a little bit more about the two other big guys. Stay tuned. We're going to say about that on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button at Lockdown Pistons. Obviously, it's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I don't know if some of you guys noticed or not, some of you guys that follow me on Twitter, but I got hacked this weekend. It was gone for like two days. I didn't get like some miss you letters or anything. Like you guys didn't seem like you guys cared. I was gone for a minute, man. What's up with that? Uh, just messing around, obviously. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. We're going to obviously update about Jeremy Grant, his situation. There's some stuff that happened again with a, a celebrity, a famous person from Detroit, a video circulated around on Twitter talking about Killian Hayes. And also, I want to spend more time talking about an article from Omari Sankofa of the Detroit Free Press. He did an article about Killian Hayes. And there's something inside it that I really wanted to point out and talk about today. But we're actually going to start off talking about the Pistons' big man rotation. And we're not going to spend a lot of this time talking about Isaiah Stewart. Now, I guess some of it's kind of going to be naturally just tied into Isaiah Stewart because he is a part of the big man rotation. And I guess some of this is going to reflect on Isaiah Stewart. But that's not who I want to focus on today. Uh, there's, there's this point that I've been trying to hammer home with you guys concerning this rotation all season long. Uh, and I feel like I should probably spend the entire segment today talking about it because, you know, I'm sure you guys don't want to hear constantly about Jeremy Grant uh, his updates. There's only so much we can say about it until something comes out and some better news comes out about it. Uh, so I wanted to spend a segment just strictly focusing on this. So the Pistons obviously signed Kelly Olynyk in the offseason. He's only played 16 games. And in those 16 games, he hasn't played very well. Honestly, I think you would probably go along with saying he's played pretty bad uh, in these 16 games. Now, he had an injury. He's had COVID. So I'm sure a lot of that had to do has to do with it. I'm sure he's dealing with symptoms from COVID. I know there's luckily I haven't didn't have to deal with it when I had COVID. And I, but I know there's a lot of people out there do some. You know you have lasting effects and you don't get back like in peak shape or whatever whatever it is. You got I think they call it a COVID fog or whatever. Uh, even after you you get done with COVID, you get over it. Uh, so I, that could be playing into it. Obviously, he hasn't played all season due to an injury somewhat. So he's probably getting himself back into shape that that uh, way as well. Uh, but either way, he hasn't played that well this year. 16 games, he's averaging 10.2 points a game, 4.9 rebounds. He's shooting 41% from the field, 30% from deep, and 62% from the free throw line. All of these are just not what Kelly Olenek has done throughout his career. I believe all of these would be career lows for him. Yep, they were. All single one of these besides his points per game, all of his percentages from the field, three-point line, free throw line, all of that would be career lows for him. Uh, obviously, again, I want to make sure I say this. He's only played 16 games. We understand he's been hurt, but just continue following me here. So, 
again, 16 games, played really uh, hasn't played very well. 41% from the field, 30% from deep, 62% from the free throw line. Hasn't played well. Move over to Trey Lyles, who has been talked about a lot on this podcast, I guess, or not a lot, but he gets a lot of shots, I should say, from this podcast because I'm going to keep it a buck. I just don't like him because of what he said about the trip before he signed with the Pistons. Uh, he's a scumbag for that. Um, and also because he's just – it's hard to watch him on the floor. He's most, I don't think I've hated watching any other Piston more in my life than I do Trey Lyles. The ball just doesn't – he doesn't pass the ball. And I don't know what's up with this new thing that he's doing recently, going coast-to-coast coast off of rebounds. I don't know who encouraged him to start doing that. If that was something he just came up with himself, I wouldn't be shocked. Or if this is like a coaching staff instilling confidence in him and letting him know they're cool with him doing that. I don't know who that is, but that experiment needs to end right now. That's the stop. It's 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 not not working. Please, please stop doing that. Um, but what I want to talk about with him is the fact that yeah, he's he's playing fine uh, in his role. I guess you know he gets a lot of shots up, and he's a decent decent scorer. I suppose he he's doing a real good job of drawing fouls this year, which is really helping his efficiency in that department. Uh, but he's not good making decisions with the ball in his hands. Uh, he he takes up a lot of shots. He's a black hole in offense. He keeps the uh, he stops the ball movement on the offense a lot of the time. Uh, and he's also and this is something I want to pay attention to. The real bigger point here is that he's shooting thirty point six percent from deep. So take the, all the things I just said about Trey Lyles. Everything I said about Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk is shooting thirty percent from deep as well as Trey Lyles is shooting thirty percent from deep. I don't think anyone would say that Kelly Olynyk has played particularly well. I think a lot of people acknowledge that Trey Lyles has done be- has done fine in his role, but he is a black hole offensively, and he's not necessarily a good player. He's doing fine with what the Pistons are asking him to do on a bad team, which is take up a lot of shots. And I will give him credit. He's doing a good job drawing fouls, but a lot of his buckets, I would say, don't really – I wouldn't say it necessarily is helping the team a lot because a lot of it comes from soaking up the ball movement, being a black hole and passing up open shots. And a lot of times when he misses, it's like open shots that could have been taken from teammates, et cetera. So either way, my overall point is that neither of these guys have been great for the Pistons, I would say. One of them has been better than the other, but neither of them have been world beaters. However, despite this, Kelly Olenek, when he's on the floor, now it's a small sample size, 332 minutes, despite him himself not playing well, despite his individual play not being that great, and again, He's turned the ball over as well, too. Like, he, he he hasn't played well. Despite that, he leads the Pistons in his th- 332 minutes played in on-off difference offensive rating. The Pistons are 7.2 points better with him on the floor offensively. You want to know who's second? Trey Lyles. The Pistons are six. Their offense is 6.3 points better with him on the floor. That's in 972 minutes. So that's a lot more of a sample size. But either or, the overall point I'm delivering here is this. This is what you should take away from that. Should you take away, oh, the Pistons desperately need to play Kelly Olenek a lot more, or the Pistons should play Trey Lyles a lot more, or those guys are the answer that should just start them over Isaiah Stewart. Not necessarily. That's not the that's not the where I'm going here. Where I'm going here is this shows that simply having a presence, a threat offensively at the five position helps the Pistons offense like that. Like the guy doesn't even have to be playing particularly well himself. Now, imagine if Kelly Olynyk was hitting shots. Imagine if Kelly Olynyk was playing up to his standards throughout his career. That number is probably even better, and the Pistons probably look a lot better. And obviously, if he played more games, it probably would help a lot more as well. However, my point is, the Pistons' offense, through the numbers, and it's been shown all year, 
they don't even need right now somebody, or they do need this. But the point is, like, so far through the season, what they've needed on the floor isn't even someone who's playing particularly well at the five spot. Simply someone who is showing themselves to be a threat offensively. It's making the offense better. Again, they don't even have to hit the shots. They don't even have to be shooting a great percentage from deep. Both these guys are shooting 30% from deep. However, defenses respect both of them from outside. Defenses respect both of them when they have the ball in their hands. And they immediately, just like that, as soon as they hit the floor, changes the, the spacing on the floor, the, the angles on the like everything. It changes everything on the floor as soon as they touch on the floor. And again, not because they're particularly playing well themselves, but simply because they command a level of respect because they are a threat to do something outside of two feet from the basket. And I think that shows you that the Pistons should, in my opinion, whether I would like to ha- like it to happen at the trade deadline, but it's obviously going to be, it's obviously going to happen either the trade deadline in the off season. The number one need for this team is a big man, a five, a center who can provide some kind of threat offensively at the starting five position, because it's clear that right now they don't even need someone who is particularly playing well to play better offensively. Their team, the Pistons starting five, the Pistons, whatever five you throw out there on the floor, statistically, so far this season, simply looks better by simply having someone who's a threat to five. Last time, I'm going to hammer this home, not even a five who is playing particularly well himself, but is simply a threat, changes their offense and makes their offense 7.2 points better, 6.3 points better. That's what they need. I hope they address it at the trade deadline. I'd like to see it addressed as soon as possible. But if it doesn't, it should be 100% their absolute top need in the offseason because of this. It's because of the numbers I just threw at you and the nuance with it. Not the fact that they have a big man who's playing well. It speaks volumes that big men who aren't even playing well affect the offense that much simply because they are a threat. I think that speaks absolute volumes. And the Pistons should find a way to to answer these or or shore this up either at the deadline or first thing in the offseason should be the number one, number one, absolute number one need for this team heading into the offseason or at any point. Again, I'd like to happen, see it happen at the trade deadline. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of, something that happened today with Killian Hayes, an article written by Omari Sankofa of the Detroit Free Press. I really like what he said in this article. I'm going to link it down below on YouTube. If you want to find it, I'll have it on YouTube. Or you can obviously just look it up on Google. Uh, Detroit Free Press, Amari Sankofa. Just look up Keelan Hayes' name. You'll find it. Uh, I really like this article, and there's a specific few paragraphs in here that we're going to talk about in this podcast. I think it's great finds from Amari and speaks volumes about something. And we'll, we'll hit on that when we come back, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you're invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or are raising a rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without having to leave your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them. And they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. 
I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. And now we're going to talk about Killian Hayes. Now, obviously, you guys know listening to this podcast. You guys are going to get a more positive a vibe about Killian Hayes. I'm a believer in Killian Hayes. I like Killian Hayes. You guys are going to get a lot more talking on this podcast than you would, I would say, you know, other popular podcasts in the Pistons community. Obviously, we're the best out there. Our, our, our podcast is the absolute best out there, and we're the best fan base out there, the Lockdown Pistons fan base. Speak up. You feel me? Uh, but you guys know, if you guys want a more negative tune about Killian Hayes, there's other podcasts for you guys. But you guys know that we, you're probably going to get more happy, more positive kind of viewpoints. Fair, fair viewpoints, but definitely more of a positive twist to it as well. And that's what you're going to get today. Omari Sankofa of the Detroit Free Press wrote an article today about Killian Hayes. And the title is Detroit Pistons Happy to See Killian Hayes' Aggression After Move to the Bench. And again, like I said, I'm going to link it down below in the YouTube in the YouTube description. If you're listening on the podcast version, you guys can either head over to the YouTube channel and hit that uh, the link. Or you can just look it up on Google yourself. Again, just look up Detroit Free Press Amari Sankova, Killian Hayes. You'll find it. Uh, his last article he put out. So, it was a really good article. From top to bottom, obviously, Amari does great stuff, man. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a good read. You learned some stuff about it. But, there's specifically two parts or two paragraphs on here that I really want to pay attention to. And I think these are great finds. This is a great find from Omari. I'm sure I, I I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, pump my, pump myself up a little bit. I feel like maybe I would on this, maybe not, obviously not as soon as Omari, but I think maybe I would have found this, this stat, maybe a week or so down the line. You feel me? However, great find by Omari, and I think it speaks volumes. So let me read this to you guys real quick. We're gonna start. It's, gonna, it's two paragraphs long, so bear with me here. So it starts. Quote. The coaching staff challenged Hayes to get all the way to the rim last season. Doing so would give Hayes more trips to the line and force defenses to collapse, opening up outside shots for his teammates. Hayes is good at driving and kicking the ball out, but that has little effect when defenders don't have to crash inside. Amari goes on to write in the next paragraph, which is this is what you guys really need to hear. Hayes took 20% of his shots at the rim during his 33 games as a starter this year, according to the website Cleaning the Glass. During his seven games on the bench entering Sunday, that percentage has increased to 40%, which ranks in the 86th percentile among point guards in that span. He's made 60% of those shots at the rim during this stretch as well, ranking in the 57th percentile. You know, we're going to continue this going. Actually, I want to get this quote from Killing Hayes himself, and then we'll talk about it. Hayes says, I know I'm at my best when I can get into the paint and either finish or kick out. My goal is to get to the paint anywhere I can. By watching film with Coach Jerome Allen, watching film with the coaches, just to figure out which plays, which part of the game I can go and do that. Just a learning curve that you work on every day in practice. It's physical, but also a lot of mental as well. So, I really love this. Again, I want to speak. I want to say I really love this article from Omari, but I, I really, I really like that that stat he found. It speaks speaks a lot. One of the Issues with Killing Hayes from fans, and obviously it's a fair critique, is the fact that he hasn't been getting all the way to the rim. He doesn't take a lot of shots at the rim. He either stops for floaters or he fades away from the basket a little bit too much. 
that's one of the things that he's massively needed to improve on is getting all the way to the rim and taking shots at the rim. And through the first 33 games as a starter, only 21% of his shots came at the rim. Now, how do, what do I take from that? One, it's an area that he needs to improve on and getting to the rim and actually taking the shots at the rim instead of fading away or settling for floaters. That's the number one biggest thing. However, the other thing I take away from this is two other things. Two, or secondly, he played off ball a lot. He didn't have the ball in his hands a lot as a starter, which we've all seen change now with him coming off the bench. He had the ball in his hands a lot more. He's able to control the offense, run the pick and roll, which I had been begging for for a long time. He simply just had the ball in his hands a lot more in the second unit, which has helped. And thirdly, and probably most importantly, spacing. S-P-A-C-I-N-G. Spacing. This team has desperately need spacing the entire season. I, there's nothing, this is nothing against, actually it kind of is, it's kind of against Isaiah Stewart, but Isaiah Stewart simply doesn't provide spacing in the starting lineup. When you combine that with having Hamadou Diallo in there, it's not a lot of spacing. And Killian Hayes himself, Killian Hayes himself has fallen to 28% from deep after starting the, the season hot before his stomach injury, shooting 39, around 39% from deep. So he, he goes in there as well, but the spacing was just not that good. So driving lanes just weren't there. They just weren't very uh, open. I'm sure there were obviously driving lanes. There were some driving lanes there that better players like Jeremy Grant or possibly Kate Cunningham could take advantage of. But for a guy like Killian Hayes who already struggles at doing that, having bad spacing just makes it even worse for him. During his seven games on the bench, he has played with Kelly Olynyk as his center, Trey Lyles as his center, and a lot of the time, both of them out there on the floor. Which, what does that provide? Say it with me, everybody. Spacing. It provides a lot of spacing. And credit to Killian. Now, like I said, it's not just about spacing. The number one biggest need was the fact that Killian needs to improve on this himself, being able to get all the way to the rim. That's the biggest thing. However, the spacing needs to happen as well. And during these seven games, there's been a much there's been much better spacing on the floor because of the lineups he's been playing with, and he's had the ball in his hands a lot more to be able to do these kind of things. And credit to him, he's doing the smart thing. Again, like Omari pointed out, the amount of shots he's taking at the rim, 40% of his shots, that's in the 86th percentile amongst guy point guards. If Killian Hayes can do that, that completely changes everything for him. That is that is completely 86th percentile? That's pretty damn good. I believe Synergy would rank that as uh, excellent in the 86th percentile. If he can continue that, if he can continue getting to the rim and getting these shots up at the rim, getting all the way to the rim, that will completely change everything. That will, That's a massive improvement that he's needed to make, along with his outside shot, but also getting all the way to the rim. So you've seen that over the last seven games. Now, seven games, again, it's, it's, a, it's a small sample size. It's a decent sample size for like a recent stretch if you want to try to pull something from it. But for, in totality, it is a small sample size, so we need to see if it continues forward. However... It's good to see that this is a trend right now with him coming off the bench with this spacing he's had. And hopefully you see this continue to happen. Because like I said, again, I think, honestly, the bigger deal here is the fact that he's getting to the rim on 40% of his shots, which, again, is 86 percentile. Not even the fact that he's finishing 60% of those shots. Now, we haven't even talked about that part yet, but the, the bigger part to me is the fact he's making a concerted effort to get all the way to the rim. And if you guys remember a few weeks ago, 
I pointed out on the podcast that I had noticed, I told you guys that I had noticed little glimpses and reasons to believe that Killian was trying to be more aggressive at getting to the rim. He was trying to get all the way there. And I saw aggression pick up in that department. Over the last seven games, it looks like he's really put his foot on the gas and taking it to the next level, which is great to see. Again, if he can get all the way to the rim and continue doing this, it changes everything for him. And that's one of the things that unlocks his potential that I believe in him and the potential I believe he has. That will unlock things for him, majorly. And now, obviously, the fact that he's making 60% of those shots at the rim, ranking the 57th percentile. I believe Synergy ranks that, would rank that around good. Uh, I, I believe it goes poor, below average, average, good, very good, excellent. I believe Synergy would rank that as good. It's nothing world-beating, but it's good. It's passable. It would make you a threat and it would take him to the, the next level. I think it's really good to see that he's making these shots. You saw, like we mentioned last game, you saw him with the right-hand finish on the left side. He's trying things that he's never tried before as well in the Pistons uniform. Last game, you saw him try to finish with both uh, with his right hand twice in this in this game. You've seen him try to dunk the ball at the rim more. You've seen him be more aggressive attacking big guys at the rim more. There is something happening with Killian Hayes right now. Whether you like him or not, we all agree that he, he hasn't lived up to the expectations that he had so far at the seventh pick. It's been 66 games. Dwayne Casey's pointed out over and over again. I believe his quote last week or a few days ago was, I have shoes that are older than him. <laughs> so, uh, or has played something about his, his gaming experience. Something, something around there. It's basically saying that his shoes have played more games or something along those lines. Killing this, this is, this is a, a big movement, a big moment, I should say, for Killian Hayes in his career right now. If he can take this trend and carry that over for the rest of the year and make this a, a legit part of his game, that, that changes things for him and will help him get to his next step in his development. Obviously, he needs to improve his outside shot as well. But you have to take baby steps, and this is what you want to see. He's basically in his rookie season still. He's only played 66 games. At 66 games, you're starting to see improvement in aggression and the ability to get to the rim and his confidence in trying ways to finish around the rim. It took a while. Not much by NBA game standards, but he has been drafted for two years now, so I understand why it feels like a while. But it looks like he's starting to figure some things out, and that's great to see. And that should have people conf- – or not con- maybe not confident, but feeling better about him. Again, you you can still be down on him. You can still criticize him and maybe think that he's not going to fulfill the lofty expectations of the seventh overall pick. But you'd be straight up lying to yourself if this shouldn't make you feel a little bit happier about him or a little, give you reason – a little bit more reason to believe that maybe he could be figuring it out right now. He's 20 years old. This is great to see from him again. I'll point this number out, and then we'll go to the ad break. Over his last seven games, he is in the 86th percentile of percentage of shots taken at the rim. There's no way that any of you guys would have thought Killian Hayes would be doing that. Uh, I think we're seeing real growth from him in this area. I think this is great to see. And again, credit to Omar. I'll link this article below. Uh, go check it out if you haven't. Uh, it, great stuff from him and a great number to pull from him. Uh Backs up the eye test. And again, good job, Omari, pulling that stat. Credit to you, man. Uh, and you guys should feel a little bit better about Killian Hayes right now. We'll, let's see if he can carry it over. That That's the big thing. Let's see if he can carry it over for longer stretches of the season. When we come back, we'll obviously update you guys a little bit about what's going on with Jeremy Grant, man. Obviously, like I told you guys on last podcast, every podcast until the trade deadline, we will spend time talking about Jeremy Grant at some point. Uh, probably most likely at the end of each podcast because – He's obviously a big name out there that everyone's waiting to see if he gets traded. When's he getting traded? Who's he getting traded to? What's the news? What's this? What's that? We'll talk about everything that we've seen so far today and update 
the news that we have out there uh, on Jeremy Grant. However, before we do that, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. This sponsor is BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game this week. Go Matthew Stafford, man. Need him to win this game. He wins the Super Bowl. I promise you, I don't know if you guys will be able to handle me. I might have to come on Lockdown Pistons and spend at least two minutes talking about it and how much it means to me. For real. <laughs> BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up to a minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live and real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. So make sure you guys go check out their their updated desktop today. Bellline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you have not already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, obviously at Lockdown Pistons. If you're watching this on Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, Go ahead and make sure you guys do that. What you waiting for? You guys come here every every day to watch the videos. Might as well hit that subscribe button and support the channel. You feel me? Uh, but let's go ahead and give some updates on Jeremy Grant. Obviously, the major update, he hasn't been traded yet. Sorry to tell you guys all. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Uh, it's going to be, you know what's going to be real funny is that I'm, I post these in the morning. I record them the night before. So I just said that joke right there. It's going to be crazy if by the time this, this, art, uh, or this podcast drops, he actually got traded in the middle of the night and now I sound stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that would be that would suck. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't been traded yet. There was a little update today, I suppose, on Jeremy Grant. There also was a flat out lie uh, told today about Jeremy Grant. We'll talk about that. So Woj came out today and said the Pistons are perfectly fine with waiting on Jeremy Grant to the offseason if they don't get an offer they like. Now. I know that may disappoint some Pistons fans, but there's other parts of that that you guys should be paying attention to. That makes you guys, that should keep you guys believing, those of you guys who want Jeremy Grant gone, believing that he's probably going to get traded soon. Welch points out that they're still getting plenty of trade offers. They're getting offers. Does not offers that they believe match the value that they want for Jeremy Grant right now. So teams are still interested. They're still getting offers. And it's a long time till Thursday. Those of you who have been around the trade deadline in the NBA for a while now, a few years, I've been around it for like, obviously I've been watching NBA basketball since I was a kid, probably like 2009, whatever. Things change in, in, in days. These few days is the longest days of the year. Pro- I promise you it is. A lot of things start to heat up on Wednesday and Thursday. That's when you see the majority of the trades start to happen. Because what happens is teams hold their best offer until then. I'm not going to give you guys this whole spiel. Basically, that's the update on Jamie Grant from Woj. That currently the Pistons are not getting the offers that they like for them. They are getting offers right now still. They're getting offers daily from teams. However, just not offers that they like. And they are perfectly fine if they have to on waiting until the offseason to possibly try to move him around the draft time. There was some other news that came out about Jeremy Grant. And it was from, I, I forget it, Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher came out and reported that the Detroit Pistons had told Jeremy Grant that they are not going to trade him. And that it's over. That's false. It's just flat false. That's not true. That's not true at all. Take that for what you guys want. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that one. I'm not going to hint around that one. It's just false. That's not true. It's not. Dolphin Pate. If I were you guys, I'm going to keep it a stack with you guys. Anything from Jake Fisher, 
I would be hesitant to take everything he says. Uh, just, just don't. Um, but yeah, it, what he said today about Jimmy Grant and him, the Pistons telling him that they're not trading him and that it's, it, you don't have to worry about it. That's just, that's not true. That's false. Um, James Edwards of the athletic came out with another update from him. He mentioned some teams that are still interested or that he's heard that are interested, including the Kings, the wizards. And he mentioned that the Brooklyn Nets even poked around at Jeremy Grant. Again, if you guys remember, I mentioned to you guys, that I feel like a team that we just haven't heard about will trade for him. My prediction was the Sacramento Kings or a team that we just haven't heard about. Brooklyn Nets are a team we just haven't heard about. Now, I'm not saying he's going to the Brooklyn Nets, but my point is that it seems like a new team every day is coming out of the woodworks in these rumors that are interesting for Jeremy Grant. So don't be surprised if a package that you guys haven't heard about or a package that you guys haven't thrown in you guys' trade machine ends up happening because that's usually how it goes. Teams will wait until the final day of trade deadline. Teams will wait until the final two days of the trade deadline before they put their real offer in, their best offer in to try to go get this guy. That's why I believe it's going to happen with Jeremy Grant. But that's all the updates we got for today with Jeremy Grant news. We'll be back tomorrow with some more Jeremy Grant updates. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned. Turn those notifications on on Woj and Shams. Those are the guys you guys need to have those updates for to, to know immediately when and if Jeremy Grant gets traded. I Again, I'm going to put emphasis. Make sure you put those noties on for those two guys. If you don't already and you're an NBA fan, I don't know what exactly you're doing. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's my update with Jimmy Grant today. I think I still believe he's going to be traded. Like I told you guys, if he doesn't get traded after the deadline, we can do something fun on here. I had one of you guys say drink a cup of salt. That would suck, but I guess I could do that. Another one of you guys told me to paint my face as a clown <laughs> if that if it doesn't happen. Um, I'll consider that one. I, I, I'd consider it. I, I don't know, but I'd consider it. Um, and, and I'll throw it to you guys. If it doesn't happen, we'll take a vote. And I, I'll, I'll listen to all you guys' uh, all you guys suggestions. We'll try to have fun with it if it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, that's all we got on Jimmy Grant right now, man. I, I I do believe that he'll be traded, but no news right now, really. Nothing to update you guys with. But until today or tomorrow's podcast, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on our podcast platforms. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Make sure you guys make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And again, I hope Jeremy Grant doesn't get traded in the middle of the night before this podcast publishes, because then this whole entire last segment will be for nothing. Uh, and I really hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah. Until tomorrow's episode, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the game tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. Hopefully, this is the final game. In my, for me, for my entertainment purpose, this is the last time we had to watch Jimmy Grant in the Pistons jersey. But we'll see. Have fun watching the game tonight. Go Pistons. And until the next one, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.